0: Welcome to the Career.pm podcast. I'm Greg Prickrell, your host. And today we are talking with Richard Wolf, who is one of the developers and early product managers for an app that I absolutely love called Brain Toss. Let's jump right in. Today we have a guest and a topic that I'm very passionate about. Uh, we have Richard Wolf, who does a lot of things. So I'm going to let him introduce himself but where I discovered him was through an app that I absolutely love called Brain Toss. I'm gonna let him describe it. I will act like a groupie soon thereafter talking about how I use it very quickly. I think it's something anybody who's interested in creativity and personal productivity uh, should look into. Uh, Outstanding app, I'm really impressed by it and uh, by uh, at least one of its founders. Uh, so, Richard, welcome, and why don't you tell us a little bit about you, just kind of the general introduction?
1: Yeah, thank you, Greg, um, and thank you for inviting me. It's, um, so the app Brain Toss, really, I think why I know that um, I'm proud of the fact that people appreciate it is because it all started with really a single user. And in this case, that was myself. <laughs> it started with someone wanting something on his phone or really wanting something in his life which would help his productivity. That I, I already had it before. I, I, I did the same trick previously before we had smartphones and then smartphones came about and I was sort of waiting for an app to appear that could do exactly this simple trick for me properly. Richard, will you tell us about that
0: little hack that kind of inspired yeah. this thing? I think it's so, really cool.
1: So I started at uh, my early days, was, uh, my first job was uh, building broadband internet for the, uh, uh, well, people didn't even know what the internet was at the time, and uh, I always had a passion for computers, and I was driving around the country, I live in the Netherlands, and often I had I had this great idea, or someone had called me, and I had to uh, for, stop myself from forgetting about it. I could, I could actually be driving and getting so excited and getting home or at the office, and then having three phone calls and I would have already forgotten about the first one. And that would be, that would cause trouble. So I, rather than writing it on the back of my hand or something, I needed something that would work with me. And I found out, I started nerding a little bit. I, I, I first I thought, well, let's leave myself a voicemail, but that became annoying because the office, my colleagues started picking up my phone, even though I was trying to call myself. So I looked into the, um, the system and the voicemail system. If you were to dial, Um, uh, 1,000 above your own number, you would go straight into the voice back. So I could actually, I I had a Nokia and under the speed dial nine, I I would have said, okay, dial my own voicemail at the office. And this was great. What I could do is wherever I was, I could just hold my phone, press nine, leave a message to myself. And I knew the next day or that afternoon, if I would get to the office, there would be blinking voicemail and I would go, okay, and I would have one message from a colleague and three for myself. <laughs> that's yeah. how often I would use it.
0: Yeah, that's great. And yeah, so can you describe the app itself? Like, how do you uh, kind of position or describe uh, brain toss to people?
1: Yeah, I didn't have a description myself until David Allen called it a capture app. So mm. in reality, it's a um, uh, it's for capturing whatever happens around you that you believe you need to catch and, and uh, don't lose, which could be a thought for an action, but it could also just something that you, you might wanna keep as information. That's a capture tool. Evernote is one of those great capture tools where you can store stuff and you can search for it later. Now, the mm-hmm. one that I needed was more action related. is like, okay, I, I I shouldn't forget about doing this. And already I was doing inbox zero based on, on getting things done. And, um, and I, so what I did is I said, well, I really want the telephone to be a replication of what I would normally do. If I were sitting at my desk, I would write something. Mm-hmm. If I'm on the phone, I could tell someone and say, yeah, that's fine. But can you, can you please send me an email? I would actually make them my my assistant to drop an email in my inbox so I wouldn't forget about it. But if I was looking at something that would inspire me, which could be a book or maybe just a bit of text, I would take a picture of that. I would be using my eyes. The Mm -hmm. only one that Braintoss doesn't do yet is your nose. Very important bit of information comes from That'll be coming out, I'm
0: guessing, next year. Sure, yeah. yeah. But
1: in reality, what we did is we copied all your senses. Where am I? So your location is captured. And what do I want to remember? And you use either your mouth, your eyes, or whatever you're thinking, and just drop it. And the only place it goes to is your email inbox so that it is joined together with your other emails and we are already reliable at managing our email. We go there every day.
0: Yeah, so let me give people a very practical kind of use case. I walk my daughter to daycare every day. It takes an hour, it gets me a little exercise. And in the morning I have a million ideas about the upcoming day, about career.pm, about whatever. I push a button, I leave myself a little voice message, I push another button and when I get back to my office, I just have this usually like literally 10 to 15 things sitting in my inbox that I have told myself. The brilliant thing about it is, you know, we've been able to record our voice forever and I've tried that, but there's this last mile where you just don't go back and check your device. You don't remember that you recorded stuff. So as Richard said, having it there in your inbox, it's just there in your face. It's brilliant. Uh, It's one of those ideas that angers me because I didn't think of it first. Uh, And I say that in the nicest possible way. So if you haven't checked it out, check it out. My experience is brilliant ideas last a tenth of a second or something. And you cannot count on remembering them later yourself. If you read David Allen's work, he talks about how humans are wired and the way we work and we are not reliable. We are, you know, you have to get things, you have to externalize things. Uh, if you want to keep them. Uh, So uh, uh, super big fan, love the app, go out and get it. It is not expensive, it is probably underpriced. Uh, Hint, hint, Richard, that's my feedback. (laughs) But what I really love about it is the simplicity. I defy our listeners to find a simpler app to use. There's just, you, you can't get lost. There's only so many things you can, it's really simple. And I have the sense from a previous conversation and from using your app that this idea of simplicity is something that you're passionate about. And I find it so hard and so rare to find something that's been simplified enough.
1: Yeah, it is if you I mean even my um, my my LinkedIn profile says pursuer of simplicity. And that's that's not my 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 job, but it is a vision that I found is, is always comes back to me. Um, I once read, um, it takes an intelligent person to make the complicated simple. And I'm not going to say that I'm an intelligent person. I would actually say that I'm one of those people. I'm so lazy. I am so impatient. I'm probably on the edge of a attention problem as well. Um, and what I noticed that, um, um, those are actually good trades when you try to look at software and go, "What am I supposed to do?" So having my whole life, I spent my whole life looking at information technology being built and grow. Uh, the first personal computer was on my desk when I was a little kid, and um, and you learn a lot about um, that. If you're passionate about something, if you're really keen, you will go miles to figure it out and to make it work for you. But that makes you the exception. The rule is the other person. And the other person really has a different passion, but they would love to use your product or service. But for them, it is necessary evil. It's not that they don't, they're not interested in it. They need, if they need it, you should make it really simple so that they, first of all, the learning curve and how to, how do I, how do I use this? That learning curve is problem number one that you need to address. So that needs to be really simple. But the biggest thing that I found is hard, and even Braintoss has these problems, after people have used it, the next time they have a need, which your app can solve, they need to remember that they have an app that can solve that problem. And to turn that into a habit, that in itself is difficult enough. So if your product is difficult to use, difficult to install, difficult in any way, 9 out of 10 people are simply going to give up. And that's why simplicity. And the good thing is, if you look at, I mean, I I, I used to drive an old Saab, these, these these Swedish cars, and their dashboards they excelled in simplicity. You knew exactly, immediately, which button does what. And I still thank the the designers of the the, the Swedish dashboards uh, uh, from Saab for that, because that to me is is product management excellence. If you can get the user into, I need something. I, can, I know where to find it, I know how to use it, and therefore next time I'm gonna keep doing it.
0: Yeah, so you bring up a point, I can't remember if I referred to this before, but Richard is kind of one of the tribe, he wasn't just the founder, he was really in effect the product manager, I think for the first uh, several years. And what you just said, there is just so much to unpack that I think is critical about you know how we think of things and then how our users think of things. If you're a passion oriented person, you can almost just assume that the people who use your stuff aren't as passionate. It may be a very kind of practical kind of just prosaic thing for them, uh, something that they use. And there are two aspects. One is making it super simple so that people can get the value, you know, as quickly and easily as possible. The other thing is there is this idea of building a habit around using it, because if you download brain toss, because you hear this podcast, for example, And it just sits there. You don't develop the habit of using it. Believe me, I have the habit of using it now, almost compulsively, Uh, that yeah, you cannot generate value if people don't remember that they have in their arsenal this simple tool to help them. I think that's a great insight. We'll go back to our conversation with Richard in just a minute. You know, as a product manager, you are working overtime to make your product successful. But how much effort are you putting into managing your career? At career.pm, we can help you develop a strategic plan for your career and give you the resources you need to execute it. For more information, visit us at career.pm. Do you have any tips or have you thought deeply about, you know, how can we ingrain these habits? How can we as a product manager designing a product, let's assume within kind of an ethical context, how can we help people develop this habit of, or, you know, this awareness that that tool is there and get them to use it the way we intend for them to?
1: still very difficult. I'd say that there's two, there's two ways that I've seen people succeed at it. And I must say that we, um, it takes time and money. And actually what it takes is compassion. You need to work a lot with your users. You need to see your users, use your product, to find out where you assumed wrongly. Mm -hmm. (laughs) But um, one of the great examples I still find is WhatsApp. What WhatsApp did is it built upon an existing habit already. We knew how to send a text message. So they utilized visually everything in how to use WhatsApp. The very first version was pretty much text message plus. Mm -hmm. So they used an existing habit and an existing skill set People go, what skill set? You call text messaging a skill set? Yeah. If you go and watch the Mule, great new movie with Clint Eastwood, it's quite, it's quite funny how they use not being able to send a text message in that movie, mm-hmm. and he's an old man in this movie. <laughs> but and yeah. uh, WhatsApp, very, I think their the brilliance was about ah, our people already, uh, the, everyone on the planet already can do something. Let's give them something extra. But let's rely on the habit and the skills that they already have, which was sending a text message. Yeah. So that's that's one.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And of course, Brain Toss did the same thing with the inbox, right? Yep. So it it i I guess that's part of the brilliance is people are not gonna overlook stuff in their inbox. And I even had at one point this kind of impulse to create a special folder where the brain tosses would go because I'm telling you, I'm filling up my inbox with these things, but it's stupid. The best thing is to just have it in your face, in your inbox when you sit down so that you can't escape it. So uh, I will try to stop fawning over uh, brain toss. I think great insights around simplicity, around trying to leverage habits people already have that is probably way more relevant than you think. If you want your users to, you know, get value and remember uh, your product, piggyback on something they're already doing. We have two very powerful examples of that in WhatsApp and Brain Toss. Uh, I would also like to talk, Richard, a little bit about what you're doing now, because I see Brain Toss as like this, uh, it's an insurance policy that I don't lose great ideas. And it is uh, this productivity enhancer. It follows this kind of uh, getting things done. If you guys haven't read that book, check it out. This idea of getting everything into a system of record, having like this one big inbox. So you've kind of expanded this concept. It's not just mail and stuff, sending myself mail. It's like yet another kind of channel into my inbox which is this one place that I can then go and organize it. But I think today you work a lot more with personal productivity and I'm curious about the things you're doing there the challenges you're coming across uh, that people are having with productivity.
1: Yeah. It's so actually what, what's, what's should be explained as well is that I I was already running a productivity company before I founded Braintos. I was, ex- I decided at some point we've built all this great technology work really hard, making it a better planet. And then I saw people around me complaining about, for instance, email, I'm you know, like what ran, went wrong. And, and, and I, I looked into it and it's like, well, yeah, we've, email was so simple to use. We've just launched it in society, assuming everyone will be able to handle it, Uh, but no one was trained properly in how to use it. And we also, we didn't know exactly what was going to happen anyway. So, so um, today still I'm doing email training, but what I find really interesting on a day like today is how we've introduced the mobile phone and things like WhatsApp, Slack, uh, Instagram, uh, all these streams of Never-ending attention requests, distractions, etc., and we have not been trained properly on how to deal with that, and it's hurting us, mm-hmm. it's hurting our kids, but it's hurting us me myself professionally, but it's even hurting my life quality. So what I'm what I've done is I'm trying to professionalize on how do I help people in their personal productivity. I must say I also do a lot of Trello training, which is more about collaboration in teams. But the one I'm, I'm really passionate about is personal productivity and how the laptop and the mobile phone relates to it. And so How can I improve my, my, my goals, what I try to achieve, my impact, knowing that my workplace is mainly going to be my laptop and my mobile phone?
0: Yeah, that's, certainly the, yeah, that's certainly the case with me. That's where I spend all my time. I don't have a desktop. Uh, these days especially, we're working wherever we can. Uh, My schedule has been disruptive. I have disruptive. I had kids with lockdown, all this stuff. Um, And it's amazing these channels that even, you know, I get messages all the time and I simply can't find them because I don't know which of the 10 channels available to me it came through. Is it in Facebook? Is it in WhatsApp? Was it an email? Was it whatever? Was it a voice message on Facebook? Um, So I think a lot of us are struggling with this. And is there kind of one tip? Or uh, one approach you can think of, like, what is the first step we should take to, uh, to putting ourselves in a position that we can better manage these things, so that you know we're focused on our work and not distracted by you know all these channels. Yep,
1: the um, there is. I must say that if, if if when I start working with people individually, we have we have a little bit of time, then I go and look at all these tools and clouds and information carriers and and communication streams and i go right let's go and split them up let's go and look at what are attention streams stuff that is calling for your attention and what, uh, what where do you manage your intentions and i like to end up at some point with us making clear decisions on each of your tools be it teams your email your whatsapp in you are mainly an attention box where we can do inbox infinity work style or you are an intention box where we are better off doing an inbox zero type work style. You hear a lot of talk about people saying I'm inbox zero or I'm inbox infinity. I, I, it's it's very, that's but it doesn't work. Can
0: you way. describe those? I My guess yeah. is I can infer meaning from those. And I've heard of uh, the, the, the latter, but de- describe those two approaches.
1: So the one approach is where you, and this is what I, for instance, do on my email inbox zero. This is where Merlin Mann and, and David Allen have done all the groundwork. Um, and Gina Trapani needs to be mentioned. Um, the Inbox Zero method it really is about I will go through my email one by one. I start at the top. I read it. I judge it. And it's gone. I put it either in a spot where I know I'm going to manage the task or I just file it on one big pile and I will search hmm. for it if I ever need it again. That's Inbox Zero. And every time you go to your inbox, which should only be a couple of times really if it's email, you don't have urgent emails there's another discussion and what you you end up with an empty inbox. And if you train yourself in the skills with that, a couple of keyboards, um, very simple decisions in your brain, you can have an empty inbox in 10 minutes, mm-hmm. really. And then you get on with real life and you go and work on those emails that contain the important messages. So to me, that's inbox zero inbox infinity is a lot of people have actually given up on managing their inbox and they think they're doing the inbox infinity but they didn't create the clear rules. What well, the rules are, it's, it's like Instagram. You read it if you want to or not. You let it scroll. It's like a timeline. But if you see something that requires your further attention and you can't fix it in, in 10 seconds or in one minute, then forward it to your in- intentions, to your task manager, or in my mm-hmm. case, my inbox. So what I do, and I use Braintoss for this again as well. You can share From your WhatsApp, if you can't fix it immediately, that WhatsApp, you can forward it to apps and then you choose Braintoss and then you've actually turned the WhatsApp into an email in your own inbox. So I've taken it from an attention environment, an attention box, which WhatsApp is for me, and I've thrown it towards my intention box where I do inbox zero, which is my email.
0: Yeah, I was not aware of that. Like that had never occurred to me to do that kind of thing. I think that's brilliant. And that, yeah, now more, even more stuff kind of in my brain toss queue. Uh, but, uh, yeah, I think that's a, a great idea. And I think that's uh, great guidance. I think we all need to, we're coming up, uh, for some folks now on the holidays, people will have downtime to really think about this last year. We've had a lot more of these channels open and a lot of people who, as you alluded to earlier, Richard, aren't really trained to deal with this. So early in my career, I worked at Lotus and all this idea of when to use async communication, when to use synchronous communication. We pioneered, we thought about that deeply. Today, people just aren't doing it. And it's so easy sometimes because we're lonely, whatever reason, Uh, I think we need to think about who we're interrupting and how we're getting interrupted And maybe in the new year, uh, maybe based on some stuff that you can offer, put ourselves in a position where we are more productive, we have a better handle on these channels and a way to deal with them, as you described, and that we also flip that around and are better kind of corporate citizens and friends and coworkers and do what we need to to avoid randomizing everybody else.
1: Yeah, and, and, and I hope in the end it will result in better quality communications between the people, which will make it... But be, if we don't do what you just said, we're just going to flood each other, which means we're going to ignore each other. And that doesn't make us happy. Yeah. <laughs> so when we think about the recipient, we're going to invest more quality into the message we're delivering to the recipient, and they're going to pay more attention to it, and together we've achieved, we've achieved more, which I think makes us happier.
0: Yeah, that's great. Richard, I can't thank you enough for being on the podcast. Uh, You know, To summarize, uh, go out and get uh, Brain Toss. It's just cool. If you don't end up using it, just to see such a beautifully designed simple app, I think is worthwhile. It's really not much money at all. Uh, If you haven't read Getting Things Done or one of these other productivity books, I would recommend that one. Go read it. If you apply 10% of it, you will be a more productive person. If you really apply the system, uh, you will be uh, much better off. We need to be fanatical about making our application simple for people. And we can provide them more value if we learn to latch on to habits that they already have. And that's part of the brilliance of WhatsApp and uh, brain toss. And um, yeah, I guess, you know, we just did a pretty nice summary of this whole thought around Not just our productivity, but let's think about group or world productivity. Like, how can I make myself productive and how can I behave in a way that uh, makes everybody else, allows everybody else to be productive as well? So uh, thanks again. And I hope as things develop, I would love to have you uh, on the podcast again.
1: Thank you, Greg. It was great being here.
0: We hope you enjoyed listening to this episode as much as we did making it. I will put links to Richard's resources in the description for this episode. Please, if you enjoyed what you heard, give us a like, share it with your friends, and we will see you next time.